Hi, and welcome to The Caption Life, a show for the most casual and dedicated fans of comics and a member of the Comic Watch family. I am your host, Sean. Join me and discover what the world of comics and graphic novels has to offer. From one-on-one interviews with industry professionals to roundtable discussions with passionate fans and reviews on the latest comics, TV shows, and movies. You can find me on social media under the username at CaptionLife. You can also find more episodes and information at thecaptionlife.com. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us. If this is your first time, thanks for checking us out. And if you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. We just wrapped up Thanksgiving, which means we're getting into the Christmas and holiday season. And if you don't know this about me, I am a sucker for the holidays. It's my favorite time of the year. I love celebrating it. I look forward to it. I go all out. I get all the food, the snacks, the decorations, everything that's associated with this holiday. And since I have a podcast about comics, you bet I'm going to do an episode about comic book issues that are centered around the holidays in some shape or form. And as always, I love to invite a guest on the show to share some of their thoughts about the topic. So please welcome Matt, a.k.a. Bumpkins, Bumpkins. Bumpkins is a comics fan of over 30 years and a lifelong fan of almost everything in the nerd realm. Matt, how you doing? Good, good. How are you? Doing okay. Thank you for joining us. And for our listeners who don't know, Matt is actually joining us at the last minute. I had a, a couple of issues with our uh, previous guests where they weren't able to join us tonight. And it's everything's fine. It's just there was some miscommunication and everything. But Matt was able to jump in at the last minute. So the fact that you had like hardly any time to prepare for this, because I know you've been busy tonight. I really appreciate you jumping on to talk about some of your favorite holiday comics. So I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. And I hope hope I'm not taking too much of your Sunday night away from you. No, not at all. I appreciate you asking. Like this is, I, I, I love hopping on and talking comics with anybody. Yeah, and for those of you who are not watching this on YouTube, uh, Matt and I are both actually decided to show up in comics theme, <laughs> ugly sweaters, and Santa hats. And so I'm wearing the. And Deadpool. this was not planned. Yeah, yeah it wasn't planned. planned. We just both showed up like this, <laughs> and so we thought that was great. I'm wearing a Deadpool ugly sweater, and then Matt is wearing like a long sleeve shirt of Marvel themed uh, Happy yeah. Holidays ugly sweater type of style. Yeah, that looks great. So, <laughs> so I feel like we're in like good spirits here. The fact that Absolutely. we had a similar thought pattern there. <laughs> Definitely. So, um, well, before we jump into talking about comic books that are centered around holidays, I always like to ask our guests, what is your comic book origin story? What was the thing, the event, the person that got you into comics? What made you a comic book fan today? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I grew up, I'm, I'm a child of the eighties and, um, you know, back in the eighties, we had all kinds of cool stuff, you know, toys and, and, you know, video games, things like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was always, I was always into superheroes because just like a lot of kids in the eighties where I had all the action figures and everything, mm-hmm. my mom would buy me a comic book here and there all throughout the eighties and I would read them. And I've got some small like Spider-Man comics. I got out of a pack of high C that I read over and over and over. Mm-hmm. So I always, I was always familiar with comics, but it wasn't until it was, it's actually funny. It's, you know, usually it's like, Oh, I saw, you know, you'll hear somebody say, I, I watched this movie or this cartoon or whatever. Mm-hmm. For me, it was 1991. It was the Marvel series two trading cards. Yeah, that um, a friend of mine had a just a ton of them and he had a whole bunch of extras that he just let me have. Mm -hmm. And I was looking through them, these trading cards. I was like, I don't know who any of these people are other than like the basics, like Spider-Man and Captain America and Iron Man. But I was like, who is Wolverine? Who is Captain (laughs) Britain? Who is Vision? And I was like, I don't know who any of these people are, but I want to know everything about every single one of these cards. And luckily, my 
town had a comic shop. So I just went in there and just bought some stuff. I, I had some Spider-Man comics. So I kind of started there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then picked up, you know, Wolverine and Avengers and, I was, and it just kind of snowballed, you know, and it was, it was harder in the nineties cause we didn't have the internet, you know, so it was yeah. harder to find information about who these people were and stuff. But just over the years, just, I just never stopped. You know, I just like started loving them more and more and more. And I bought more and more and more and read more and mm-hmm. just never, it just never went away. So, I mean, thanks. And, you know, and I still have those trading cards too, that full set of the original, my original series two cards. And, um, I will never, I mean, somebody could offer me like $10,000 for them and I wouldn't sell because <laughs> without those cards, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't know anything about comics. I mean, it, they're the sentimental value is off the charts for me. Definitely. Yeah. Well, and, and what's interesting as you're saying that it reminded me of my own childhood of where I would go to an actual store that was specialized in trading cards, basically. Mm-hmm. Like you could go to a store and they would have like packs that you can buy. Or if you yep. wanted to buy more of the high value ones, they have them in the case and stuff like that. So I remember going there, I think, you know, every weekend, every other weekend, not only looking for, you know, baseball cards or um, hockey cards or NBA cards or things like that, but they had things like what you said with the comic book characters and just little, you know, collectible items of different mm-hmm. properties that are out there as well, too. And, and I, I think that they don't exist anymore. Like those stores don't exist anymore, at least not around where I'm at. And if they do, it's not just trading cards. It's usually like collectible hobby items or things like right. that. So a lot, it's a lot like, of Funko Pops and stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's just, it's interesting. Like the things that made up our childhood has like either disappeared or they morphed into something completely different. So thinking about how to explain this to my own kid of what a trading card store looked like and what they yeah. did and probably them asking like, why would they just do just trading cards if, you know, they could also do all these other things and all that. So, right. So, but that's interesting. I will say that I think of all the people I've had on the show, um, that story is probably the most interesting in terms of what got people or what got somebody involved with comics was trading cards. Cause I don't think anyone really had mentioned something of that value or of that nature. Cause the closest has been like the X-Men animated series. Yeah. You know, like something, you know, something in TV or film that got people into, which was very, you know, um, I would say it's, it's probably more common than people think of that's how people got into comics, but trading cards is a new one for me. So that's a really cool story. Yeah, it was just um, I, I just I, re- I remember I was I spent the night at my friend's dad's house is which is when I first got him and I, I remember that like that is burned into my brain like what you know, Wolverine versus Sabretooth because they had like the the little subgroup of like arch enemies and stuff I was like who yeah. are these guys why are they fighting I don't know but I gotta find out and I just <laughs> I was just enamored with them right right yeah, yeah they were great well before we get into uh, the uh, comics that are sitting around holidays. We were talking off the air a little bit about um, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Mm. I know a lot of our listeners probably watched it already, um, but those of you who haven't watched it, if you want to skip like the next five or ten minutes so you don't get anything spoiled, that's totally fine. Um, but I wanted to ask you, what were your thoughts about that special? What do you think about it as a whole? What were your favorite parts? Things like that. I thought maybe we could have a short discussion about that since yeah. that's something that everyone's been talking about. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Like mm-hmm. I loved every second. The only part I didn't love was when it, when it was over. Um, <laughs> I, I could have watched a full length movie of that. Um, yeah, it was just like I I like laughed out loud, literally, lol. You know, like audibly <laughs> laughed at some points. I got mm-hmm. a little misty eyed near the end. Right. Um, it was just so perfect, and 
um, it, it reminds me of the live action version. So I'm going to spoil just a little bit. It reminds me of the live action version of like the holiday specials yes. that Marvel used to put out like back mm-hmm. in the, back in the nineties. I know they still kind of do it now, but like back, you know, back in the day, every year there was a holiday special, each issue filled with little short stories of, you know, different characters around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of the live action version of that. It wasn't a full length movie, but it was longer than a TV show. And it was just a fun little side story. Right. It didn't really, it didn't move the needle on the MCU, but it didn't need to. It was just a fun little, just something to bring a joy to your, to your face, you know, during the holidays. I mean, I, yeah. I loved every single second of it. It was fantastic. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think what, made this so um so much fun and so exciting i think is is what i'm looking for um in terms of how campy is, it is is because mm. it's a holiday movie right like when we think exactly. of holiday movies yeah it's going to be campy and i think this really leaned into it mm-hmm. um but it's still a james gunn film it still had that vibe it still had you know a lot of those you know funny quirks it had um, just like what you talked about with the uh, with the comic holiday specials and things like that, had like those little you know short stories that just had a lot of fun with the holidays. Um, but at the same time, as you mentioned, it did kind of um, push forward the MCU a little bit. So now we know that again, you know, spoilers ahead here. Um, yeah. Rocket finally got Bucky's arm, which I'm just, <laughs> that's going to be a whole speculation. Which you know, we don't know how, but I want to know. <laughs> yes, I know. It, it, well, and and. Uh, It'd be interesting to see if that's his actual arm or if that was like a prototype that somebody got, you know? So yeah, or maybe maybe Nebula just got it at like a, a prop replica store yeah. or something like that, you know? <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, you know, we have that um, Mantis' is, uh, Star-Lord's half-brother, half-sister. Yeah. Um, and so that was the most interesting thing because, like, there was a lot of speculation around that after Guardians 2. Right. Um, but it was, you know, oh, that that shot right there, that looks like Ego with, with uh, you know, one of Mantis's people. Could it be... Mm-hmm. And but it was never ever confirmed, you know. And right. after a while, people just started stop talking about it. And when she said that, or when they said it, I was like, "Wait a second, are they conf- <laughs> are they uh, confirming that?" And so, right. yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, and the other thing that they had touched on that kind of impacts the MCU a little bit is the fact that they had mentioned they bought nowhere from the collector. Yes, and so that confirms that the collector had survived. You know the whole events of infinity war and Endgame, and mm-hmm. um i don't know obviously we don't know if he was snapped away or not but clearly he survived it in the sense that he was still around after he was snapped away if, if he was yeah. and so he's still in the mcu they own nowhere so they have like a place that they live in so it'll be interesting to see how guardians of the galaxy 3 fits that in there with um owning that place now and and you know people living there and all that yeah, and I hope um, they do because nowhere is such a cool place. You know, it's the, it the head of a dead celestial, you know, and yeah. Uh, yeah, but I agree. I was like, wait a second. Did they say they bought it from the collector? That's <laughs> that's kind of a big thing to just sort of mention in a in a sort of one off special. But I was oh, cool yeah. with it. I mean, I just thought it was. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they actually even if if they do even reference it at all in the next Guardians. I sh- I, surely they have to. Right. Or I don't I, guess I mean, we'll see, but. They could. Yeah, they could. They could not. You know, here's the thing is we don't know when that would happen either, because if you think about the Hawkeye series last year, Clint said that the Avengers Tower got sold off by Tony um, and we don't know what happened, like who bought it and all that. So we just have no idea, you know, to this day who it is. And there's still a lot of speculation about 
Could it be the next Baxter building for the Fantastic Four? <clears throat> Could it be, you know, King Kingpin? Could it be yeah. like, you know, Oscorp or anything like that? And um, yeah, so it's it could be one of those things where they might not bring it up for who knows how long <laughs> after that. Yeah, maybe. So. You know, that that Avengers Tower thing, they've they've mentioned it so many times. Mm-hmm. Um over the last what what was it uh spider-man homecoming when they first talked about it and that was like in 2017 i think so right they've they've mentioned it too many times for it not to be a thing right or not to be revealed or whatever in the future so i think we're you know we're gonna get more of that we're gonna that's gonna get revealed if it was just a one-off thing and they've never mentioned it again then okay whatever they just needed a new base but right they've mentioned it several times so it's like that's gonna come up at some point yeah it's got to yeah so yeah so anyway so yeah the gardens of the galaxy holiday special was really great and um i think everybody who watched it really loved it. i haven't really heard anything negative towards that special and um i really think you know special is going to be the future of mcu for them to tell stories without having to dedicate a whole series to it especially if there are stories that they want to tell but they're not quite sure if they want to like have a full movie or or a full series yeah. to it like this one was really successful. Werewolf by Night was really good. Um, I think those may have been the only two that they've had so far. And I think, you know, it says something about how, you know, they've probably been able to save on the budget, but it has been, you know, really popular with people on, you know, being able to, um, you know, really enjoy those. And I know they're talking about, you know, doing the same thing with Nova and I think a couple mm-hmm. other properties as well, too. So. Yeah, they're two for two on on special presentations, and mm-hmm. I just say just keep doing it until until they start all being horrible or something. But mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, that's a perfect way to introduce if they want to introduce like like Nova Richard Rider, and but they don't really feel like they can squeeze a whole movie out of it. Right. Just just give just give us a, a quick little forty five minute special. You know, that's all we need. You know, we're, we're we can all accept the fact that oh, this is a character. Even even like the people don't read comics, they can accept that. Oh this must be a new character who has some kind of powers and we're mm-hmm. going to get a brief little introduction and then that's it. So, right. Yeah. These, these things are, these things are great. Like I, I think they're, I don't think the MCU needed a shot in the arm, but cause I think it's still going strong, but these are a nice uh, extra thing. So, you know, yeah. you got the TV shows and the movies and I think these are just a, a welcome addition too. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I think these are just going to be just another fun way for them to be able to tell and explore stories that, yeah. you know, I, I was talking about this in another episode that I recorded is that I think the series of special presentations are really cool because it's their way of being able to take risk without affecting like the cinematic timeline yeah. necessarily. Like they can definitely have an impact if they wanted to. But when you look at a lot of those stories, um, you know, with a lot of those shows with the exception of a few, like Loki obviously is impacting the MCU as a whole and all that, but something like Hawkeye, they haven't really, impacted anything in the main continuity of the cinematic films for MCU right. um, by any means. And so I think this was just a really good way for them to be able to tell and explore more stories without having the worry of if I, you know, include this in there, is that going to, you know, mess up anything that we're trying to tell and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if, and even, you know, like, like the werewolf by night one, that kind of reminds me or any other ones that aren't like Christmas theme, like right. those remind me of like one shots, you know, yeah. like we get all kinds of one shots all the time where they just want to tell one single story and then they mm-hmm. want to be done. Like they're, they're the, a live action equivalent of just a one shot comic book. And there, and that's great. Yeah. Know? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a perfect description for that is that's exactly yeah. how it operates. So, yeah. 
All right. Well, let's go ahead and switch from talking about Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special to comic books that are at least involved with or centered around the holidays on some level. And uh, what we're going to do is Matt and I are going to share, you know, some of our favorite two or three comics that are um, holiday themed. And what's funny is as he and I were exchanging what our uh, favorite ones were, both of us had this particular issue on our <laughs> list, and that is uh, 2018 Deadpool issue number seven. Now, Matt, do you want to explain what that issue is about and kind of just give us a description of that? Yeah, definitely. So um, it's and it's funny that I picked this one because I don't like Deadpool. I don't like comic book Deadpool. I was about I'm to say, a, I remember you saying yeah. that. <laughs> that really yeah, not, surprised me. <laughs> I'm just not a fan of, of the comic Deadpool because I think he's too like there's there's too much useless chatter that never pushes the story. For, it's exhausting. It's exhausting right. to read. But this one was fun. So basically a, a group of kids come to Deadpool and hi- hire him to kill Santa Claus because <laughs> Santa didn't leave them any presents. Right. And he was a little, little bit reluctant to do it, but he did it. And he went up to the North Pole and he finds sort of like a scrawny, like naked Santa kind of drunk and everything and mm-hmm. sort of down on his luck, Santa. And he's like, what's going on? And it turns out one of Santa's elves um, turned on him and convinced all of the elves to go work for rocks on toys. So yeah. Santa's all depressed because all of his, all of his buddies and all of his workers left. Um, <laughs> and then dead. So Deadpool then goes and tracks down. I think the na- elf's name is Tinsel. So yes. then Deadpool yeah. goes and tracks down Tinsel and ends up killing him. And uh, the elves realize what's going on and they all go back to Santa. Um, and then at the end, it's really nice because, or it's fun because, uh, uh, Santa's still not he's he's happy to get his L's back, but he's still not in the right frame of mind to deliver presents yet. So Deadpool does it. And so right. there's a nice shot of him in the sleigh dropping <laughs> presents over the thing. And I, I just thought it was really fun. The art was good. I was like, this is if all Deadpool books were like this, then I would probably read it. Yeah. And maybe they are like maybe because yeah, I don't read it. So I might be missing <laughs> a lot of great stuff. But I just thought mm-hmm. that one being particular was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a lot of fun. And, and uh, one of the things I want to point out in that issue is before Deadpool got to see Santa, um, he's greeted by Mrs. Claus with oh, that's uh, right. a shotgun or something like that. <laughs> That's right. And Deadpool's like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. So he has to, uh, you know, at least, um, you know, I forget if he like just takes a gun away or if he just like gives her like a really hard punch to kind of like knock her down a little bit. But it just it just seemed like it's a combination of Die Hard and like all the uh, violent Christmas movies that are out there that kind of combined into the single issue. And so it's, it's yeah. definitely one that is very Deadpool like. And speaking of, you know, special presentations and one shots, I could totally see this one being a, a special presentation that they do for a holiday, um, you know, for Marvel and, and, they would probably have to make it PG 13. So they have like a bigger audience and all that, but yeah. I can see this being something like maybe not to this extent, but having Deadpool saving Christmas on some level, because this is not the only time he's done this. He's done this in a couple other, uh, uh, issues that I've read as well too. And so Deadpool somehow is always ends up being the person that they call in to save Christmas on some yeah. level. So, but that's really fun. But yeah, I, I really enjoy that issue as well. And, and uh, again, because it's, it's Christmas, um, you know, centric and it's very much a Deadpool type of comic. Um, the fact that they, you know, came up with a story about how, 
Tinsel didn't just convince the elves to like stop working for him, but he like he lied to them because he wanted to get more money from all these oh, businesses. Right, yeah. I was going to Santa trying to, you know, say, hey, can you like have a special deal with you where, you know, if we pay you like so much money, then we can get our stuff out there uh, first or whatever. And of course, Santa's not about the money, so he doesn't accept or anything. But Tinsel is really upset and he was like kind of like the head elf and everything. And yeah. so um, it's just kind of interesting to see the commercialization of Christmas kind of being in involved with that and that one the elves <laughs> end up wanting to capitalize on that as well too so yeah so that was a really fun issue so I've, i'm really glad that we both talked about that and um one thing i did forget to mention is that as we're talking about any of these comics if you want to find out more about them i will put a link in our show notes um it is a list i've started uh creating on legal comics geeks that has pretty much all the holiday comics that you can find. And so all the ones that we're going to talk about today are going to be on it. And then ones that I have been reading and others that people have suggested as well, too, will be on that list as well. So if you are interested in any of these, um, definitely check out the show notes and there'll be a link that'll say, you know, list of holiday comics and, and it'll give you the whole list there. So, um, so that's Deadpool number seven, uh, Matt, let me go ahead and kick it back over to you and ask you what was one of the other books that you wanted to talk about today yeah so one of the ones i like is uh sensational she hulk number eight so this is like the john byrne she hulk the fourth wall breaking and everything mm-hmm. um this one's from 1989 okay. uh this one is about um she hulk is hired to um to i don't, don't remember if it was defend or prosecute a guy who had been accused of killing six people okay and so you know that sounds oh that's not a christmas story but <laughs> she gets approached by this little this little guy his name is nicholas saint christopher uh-huh. um so this one isn't exactly santa claus but he's got the big white beard he's got sort of the magical powers and everything mm-hmm. so he comes to her and um says that he can help her uh, i guess she was prosecuting because he helps her prove the case and he he takes her to this apartment and they can't get in, so he just like magically gets them in by shooting them down the chimney. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and they find uh, they find evidence linking the um, they find evidence of the six people who had been killed in that apartment, but she can't link the apartment to the guy. Okay. So Nicholas St. Christopher then just zaps them to Australia, where she where and he just knows of this woman who lives there who is the ex girlfriend. Of mm-hmm. the guy. And she said, well, yeah, that's my, the reason you can't link it is because that's my apartment, but he was living there and I'll testify to that. So without Nicholas St. Christopher, who is essentially Santa Claus in this, mm-hmm. she wouldn't have been able to, you know, get this bad guy off the streets and get him in a jail. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why the, 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 the fun thing about this issue is, and I don't know why I like this so much, but Nicholas St. Christopher, little old sweet Santa Claus is also kind of a perv. <laughs> and all throughout the issue, he's perving on She-Hulk and, uh, you know, cause he's about, he's about as tall, like up to her waist. So he's okay. always, you know, got like his face in, un, you know, unflattering yeah. places on her and he's always just sort of creeping on her. And at the right. end, he's like, you know, Hey, now that this case is over, we should, you know, and, but then Mrs. Or I don't, she's not called Mrs. Claus, but his wife comes in uh-huh. who is essentially Mrs. Claus. And then she threatens she Hulk to say, you know, I'll show you, you know, <laughs> if you touch my man, you'll get what you deserve. And so it's just, it's kind of, it, I just thought it was hilarious that little, you know, the character supposed to be Santa is, is pervin on she Hulk and his, right. his wife gets all mad. Like he helped her, but he's also like kind of a creep and, right. you know, just, it, it just fits the tone of that series so well. And, mm-hmm. and it's only issue number eight. So they were really, you know, going hard into, uh, or they were still finding their footing, I guess, for like 
the fourth wall breaks and all the humor and stuff, but it fits perfectly. And uh, I just thought, <laughs> I just, every time he would make a pass at She-Hulk was hilarious. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like that's pretty much the epitome of like, 19 like late 1980 comics of yeah. that kind of storytelling you know <laughs> so. especially especially any any issue of she-hulk from that era from that run there yeah. was they were looking for any excuse to get her in like torn clothes or right. anything like that so yeah this fits in with that perfectly yeah awesome i have not read that one yet so i'm gonna i have marvel unlimited so hopefully it's on yep. there it um, is okay it perfect is. good so yeah. I'll, I'll definitely make sure to get that a read um before the holiday is over and everything and mm-hmm. and that way i can enjoy it <laughs> it's um, really funny well good good it's a one and done story and it's really fun yeah well and it seems like a lot of the holiday specials or even even if it's not a holiday special it's an issue that is centered um around christmas is that it seems yeah. like it's you know unofficially its own self-contained story because the Deadpool one and then the Spider-Man Deadpool issue that I also read um, seemed like it was just its own story. Like you didn't have to know what was going on and going into it. And then when it ended, it seemed like it wrapped things up and it continued as part of a larger series. And so I think that's something that um, I was also very surprised when I was looking into this is that how many holiday issues there have been. Um, I don't know if it's just because I just haven't paid attention or anything like that, but there's like a whole list of just holiday specials that dates back, even like way back in the sixties of just mm-hmm. having a dedicated holiday issue with, you know, a particular character or a series of characters and things like that. And so it's really fascinating to see how many of those just in DC and Marvel exists. Um, and then I, I know like the other companies, you know, have a whole series of, um, holiday specials as well too. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, the next one I had on my list is, and this is my second favorite one that I have, um, is called Batman Noel. Have you read this one? Yes. Oh my gosh. How did I not even think about that? I just read that um, last Christmas. I think I read it for the oh, first did time. You? Yeah. Oh, nice. So I I bought this book at uh, C2E2 earlier this summer because uh, I've heard about it, but I never read it. And yeah. I just read it like this past week in preparation for this episode. And I got to tell you what, it's a genius way of telling a story and combining it with the classic Christmas Carol story. So Mm -hmm. for those of you who haven't read it, basically it's taking the story of Batman and putting a spin of a Christmas Carol by using Batman as Scrooge, basically. So um, what I really love about this book is that it, it's a retelling of the story, but it still had like the main like parts of it. Um, it talks about, you know, the ghosts of Christmas past, present and future. They weren't really ghosts, but they were characters that pretty much reminded him of those particular uh, time periods. So Catwoman was supposed to be, you know, ghost of Christmas past because uh, she reminded him of, you know, when he first started out as Batman and why he was doing all this and, and things like that. Um, and so it was a really interesting way because I would never have thought about Batman being Scrooge because when they first started the story, you don't know who Scrooge is necessarily until like maybe 10 pages in or eh, maybe yeah. not that far in, but, uh, you know, um, maybe like a four or five pages. And then when you find out that's Batman, it just started to make a lot of sense of like, yeah, Batman could really be told as an Ebenezer Scrooge and its own story. And so it's a really creative way of combining those two stories. But the artwork was really good as well, especially the, the lettering. Cause what I really loved about the lettering here is that the narration, you know, is being told by, I'm not going to spoil it for people who want to read it, but it's being told by somebody um, in the story. And the narration is not in its own like separate bubble or separate um, wood, uh, word space. Like you see, in some of the other comics, it's just kind of 
like almost like written on top of it. And so it was a really cool way to be able to tell the narration side and then seeing the dialogue unfold between the characters as well, too. But it was just a really cool adaptation of A Christmas Carol using some established characters in DC comics without sacrificing any other two. So like, I felt like these are the things that the characters would do if it wasn't a Christmas Carol adaptation and it still fit very perfectly with that story. And so I really liked the, the creativeness of it and just how um, it's a really cool adaptation of a classic story that, um, you know, I think adaptations are really hard to do when you're trying to tell something new as uh, with a story like, a Christmas Carol because it's been done like so many times. Um, and so this one is an adaptation that was just a, a really different kind that you haven't really seen done before. And I think they just kind of hit out of the park with this one. I think the person who wrote it and did the uh, art for it is uh, Lee. Lee Bermejo. Uh, yes. Thank you. Lee Bo- yeah, Bermejo. He's fantastic. So, yeah, Holy and, cow. Yeah. And I think that's probably that may have been the first work of his that I've read. And, I mean, it just, it blew me away just how good it is. And and the book, like if you get the actual physical copy, the book is really cool. It's just, it's, it's one of my favorites by far. Yeah. Um, so he did another Batman black label book. I think I want to say it may have been the first black label called Batman damned. And, um, that came out after. So Noel came out before black label was a thing. It came out like a long, not a long time ago, but quite a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Batman Damned came out um, just a few years ago with the advent of Black Label. Um, but I, I read Batman Damned before Noel, and I didn't like Batman Damned at all. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh gosh, I'm not, you know, I'm worried that I'm not going to like Batman Noel either. Mm-hmm. But I read it because I've heard so much about it over the years. Like it's a classic story and I loved it. And I don't know if, uh, if I'm just not smart enough or if, if their use of a Christmas Carol was really subtle, but I didn't even realize until like the sort of, um, future part of the story out that clears. Wait a minute. This is, this is a Christmas Carol. <laughs> I didn't realize that through like the first two thirds of the story. And then, right. uh, so, so like, I, you know, like you said, you could read this as just a Batman DC story without any other connections. And it still works perfectly, but Mm -hmm. I just clicked. I was like, wait a second. (laughs) And then I thought I was really smart for a second to figure that out. Yeah. I was like, Oh, wait a minute. I think I was supposed to know that like way before, (laughs) but yeah, they just did such a great job of that. Yeah. And and I just knew it was supposed to be like some sort of Christmas Carol tie in somehow. Mm -hmm. Um, I just know that people said it's a Christmas Carol type of story. Um, but I didn't know like how exactly what people meant by that. So I just kind of, when I went in, I was expecting to look for those things, but yeah, but yeah, I can see if like somebody went in blind and not even knowing anything about the story, um, how, because it's so subtle that you probably may not have picked it up if you weren't thinking about the fact that this is a holiday book and that it's centered around a Christmas Carol that you, you wouldn't really put the two together because again, there aren't actually ghosts in the story. Right. It was just characters that represented those time periods for those characters. So, yeah, that's what, that's a great, I mean, that's like probably one of the best picks you could pick, right? Yeah. <laughs> is, that's, that's so good. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So what is um, your last book um, that you wanted to discuss that is uh, holiday centered? 
Yeah, so I showed this a second ago. So this is the Marvel Holiday Special uh, mm-hmm. from 1991. Now, I don't think this is on Marvel Unlimited unless they've added it within the last little bit. So that's it's why not. I brought my copy down here. Because I've been wanting to read that. <laughs> yeah. I can't find um, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this is one of those. This was my original copy that I got when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those that has several different... I mean, like, there's a <laughs> there's a Ghost Rider Christmas story, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But um, So this is one of those that has, like, several short stories in it. Um, but specifically what I, the one, my favorite one is the very first one. And a lot of people talk about this story mm-hmm. because this is the one that, and I don't know how much canon this is, but this is the one that <laughs> confirms, confirms that Santa Claus is a mutant yes, and the world's most powerful mutant, <laughs> you know, but again, it's just, you know, I don't know if this is really canon or not, but like the right. X-Men go to the mall and, and it's a short story. It's only like four or five pages, but they mm-hmm. run into the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants there, you know, and this is back. This is classic, like, you know, this is the blob and toad. And this is the classic sort of like Claremont X-Men with Wolverine and Colossus and Nightcrawler, Storm and Banshee. Mm-hmm. And they just sort of battle the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants at the mall. Um, and then uh, until and, but they go to the mall, the X-Men go to the mall because Cerebro has detected a mutant who right. they say is the most powerful mutant ever, but they can't find him anywhere. And then they still, they get in the fight with the brotherhood. And then during that fight, the brotherhood turn into like little like action figures. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what in the world? How did that happen? And then they're, and then they're approached by Santa Claus who they think is, you know, like a mall Santa or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he never really says, Hey, it was me. I did it. He just, it's just real. He's just real cryptic. And then he sort of like teleports them back to, the school, you know, their their <laughs> school, and um, and and that was it. And they're like, "Oh wow, that was." Oh no, he doesn't teleport them back to school. He he teleports them out to Rockefeller Center. Oh, okay. Um, where they actually meet up with Cyclops and Jean Grey, and that actually ties into, um, I don't remember which X which issue of X Men, um, but it's one of the Claremont Byrne era. Um, mm-hmm. there, it, whichever issue that is, the very beginning the uh the x-men you know wolverine and banshee and nightcrawl and all those guys they're with gene and cyclops in rockefeller center mm-hmm. so this story is a lead-in to that although this didn't come out until years later right but um but yeah it was never really confirmed you know they never really figured out who was the powerful mutant and what happened to the brotherhood but <laughs> there's a couple little panels of santa just kind of winking at the camera you know yeah. and uh, that, it's just it's just really fun and yeah. i didn't know until uh, I think last year when I read, because I read this every year, I don't think I knew it till last year that it actually did butt up against one of those older classic issues of X-Men, you know? And now and then I went on Marvel Unlimited and looked, I was like, holy cow, there it is. The very first page, they're all together in Rockefeller Center. So you yeah. can read this right through and make a full story, but oh, it's just cool. really fun. It's just a fun, classic, mm-hmm. classic X-Men, classic Marvel holiday story yeah yeah i i um i had that on my list to read because of the fact of what you had said that this was sp- supposedly how they confirmed that santa's not just a mutant but um i i was told like he was a mega level mutant i, I guess i didn't realize yeah. he was the world's powerful uh mutant. well yeah I, was, I don't know if they had the if they they had the term omega level back then right but, um but yeah they talked about him being um according to the mutant detecting cerebro it's tracked the most powerful mutant ever registered gotcha we must determine if this mutant be friend or foe. Right. And then that's what makes them go to the mall because that's not, where he is. If apparently. they're naughty or nice. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. So that, that, that story is really fun. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I've got to start looking to see if there's a physical copy because I was hoping to be able to read it on Marvel Limited. And since it's not on there, like I, I definitely want, I, I wonder if my library might have it, you know, because they have, yeah. um, 
you know, digital issues all the time. So I might check there as well. So, but yeah, yeah. that's, that's definitely, um, I think, you know, when people talk about, um, holiday centered comics, that's definitely one of the ones that always come up is the issue of Marvel where, you know, they had Santa as a mutant and all that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, for my favorite, uh, holiday centered, uh, comic book is the, um, the story that comes out of Boom Studios by Grant Morrison and Dan Mora. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, fantastic! It is. It is really good. So, what's um, for those of you who don't know what the story is about? It's basically um, kind of an origin story of the person that has created the myth of Santa Claus, right? And so, like, what Santa Claus is and all that, they created a story about like his origins. And so, it is. I mean, how would you? describe this man it, it's kind of like a um it, it's like a it, it takes place in like scandinavia in like the mm-hmm. 1600s type of thing uh, yeah i mean i always I, I thought it was i thought it actually was like the person who became santa or like saint nicholas or chris Kring, like that's who right. he is He's right not just the yeah. Um, yeah. So this is like, like telling the origin story of that person, basically. Yeah. 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 How he comes into that. But it's, he's right. younger. You know, he's a young guy. He's got black hair and a black beard. And it's actually like it's it's got action in it. You know, it's got sword fights and daring do and him sneaking into castles and yeah. rescuing people. And, you know, it's basically um, it's been a couple of years since I've read it. Uh, but basically, the you know, these people are living in this oppressed kingdom and mm-hmm. kids, uh, you know, there there's a lot of poor people and, you know, kids aren't allowed to have presents or they can't get presents and things like that. Mm-hmm. So he actually sneaks in to this castle and gives kids gifts. Uh, and, you know, they're not supposed to have them and, and things like that. And so it's almost like a um, sort of like he almost kind of like a Robin Hood type thing where he's battling this evil yes. regime sort of. Right. Um, and there's several different Klaus or is, is it Klaus or Claus? Like you want to say it looks that's like the Klaus, thing about comics is you don't know how to pronounce them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think, but, um, I think but there's either several, way it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's, there's several stories, several different books, uh, several different stories. And um, mm-hmm. they're just, oh my gosh, they're just all great. And I, I, Dan Mora is my favorite artist working in comics right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think anything that he pencils, that that story is enhanced like tenfold. Like right. if it's it could be the best story, but if he's penciling it, it's the best story times ten. Right. So him penciling it just even makes it just knocks it even further out of the park. It's just so good and mm-hmm. and it's fun to read all the different stories because you do see him sort of get older and older, and you sort of see how he he kind of retires or whatever and and becomes you know the santa claus that we know delivering toys to kids and it's it's wonderful right yeah and and what i you hit on the head that it's it's like a robin hood type of story so i think the mm-hmm. what i was looking for is that the genre fits in is kind of like that medieval fantasy type of thing yeah you yes know? Uh, yeah absolutely so if you love medieval fantasy this is right up your alley in that it has a lot of those elements in it um you know it has a very magical element in there it has you know those medieval battles and and things like that and and they do a lot of great jobs of like connecting some of those um origins of of uh santa to this person and um and i think like his his name was was claus or klaus and like that's where they, they got the name from so they kind of explained like you know how the name kind of uh developed over time and so what's really cool about this is that we have this whole like limited seven issue series that kind of explains the origins and then there's like i think three or four 
um, single issue shots of like more stories about him that kind of takes place in different times. Um, And one of the ones I absolutely love is called like Christmas and Xmasville. And it's basically uh, (laughs) having to come in and stop this corporation from, you know, taking over Christmas. And it's, it's a fan. It's, it's basically poking fun at how commercialized Christmas has gotten by not, you know, explicitly saying like Coca-Cola company, but like, you know, they have like some sort of soda company that is mm-hmm. running the the city that ends up, you know, having this own North Pole that people can pay money to go to and stuff like that. And so they have all these little stories. And then they had just announced that they're going to be releasing a collection of all those things on Kickstarter where Boom Studios are taking all those stories yes. and putting like a nice bound mm-hmm. book. And so I've already ordered that because this has been my favorite um, holiday theme story, but even if it wasn't holiday theme, like it was just a really well done story that I think anybody would enjoy, you know, whether it was holiday themed or if it was something that was more fantasy or genre. It's just, it's a really good example of how a comic can really be successful and really be engaging. And you don't have to think about, you know, is it coming from DC or Marvel, the two powerhouses? Cause this is a great story that is just fresh. It's brand new. You know, no one's really, you know, done this sort of thing before. And it's just really a great story. So it's definitely on my top list of if there's a comic that anyone would ask me, you know, what should I read that's holiday centered? I would definitely select this one and, and suggest that to them. Yeah, for sure. That, that is such a great pick. And I'm glad you mentioned that collective edition because the only thing about this book is I, I think I've bought all of them on comiXology. There was a big, you know, like holiday sale a few years ago and I bought mm-hmm. them all, but it's, and it's, it's not really negative, but there's, there's, like we said, there's several different ones and it's hard to keep track of them all. Cause yeah. there's the main story, but then you, like you said, there's a bunch of one shots and I think there's one that has three stories in it. And so it's a little bit tricky if you want to read all of it to, to figure out, you ha- do I have them all or what, what's, what's the master list of them. So that mm-hmm. collection, if it indeed does have every single one, then that's a perfect comic to have. Right. Uh, if you, cause you know, I, I mean, I love my collected editions, uh, you know, trade paperbacks and hardcovers and stuff. So yeah, yeah, I've got to get on that too, because if it's got everything in it, then mm-hmm. all the, having all those great stories in one book, phenomenal. Oh yeah. And they have different tiers of the kind of bounding you can have as well too. So, okay. so it's like, I think material, but also like the colors and everything. And it looks really nice. Oh, okay. So they have like a gold and silver edition. And then the, oh, I'm sorry, a red and silver edition. The next one is golden red. And then the next one is like black with red, um, okay. which is really cool. And then you can get like all these little add-ons. So you can have like a beanie, you can have a scarf with the, uh, uh, property name on it and stuff like that. So, so if you ever go to the Kickstarter, in fact, I'll probably put it in, in the show notes as well too yeah. for the link of it. Um, you can go in and if you're a fan of the story, you already know what the story is about. You can get that book, but there's a lot of add-ons that you can get, like um, button sets, Christmas cards with the um, art on it, things like that. There's a lot of options you can choose from, so it's really cool to see what they're offering because I think this is one of those stories that definitely gets slept on a lot when people you know talk about stories because we always associate it with Christmas because of who it's uh, about, but yeah. it's just a really well-done story all around. You could read it any time because it's yes. not, especially the main story isn't so heavy handed in steeped in Christmas because it's a story about a guy like like we said Robin Hood right so it's kind of about that he happens to turn into Santa or or Saint Nick eventually but Mm -hmm. like I said there's there's sword fights and you know rescuing I think he doesn't he have to rescue or doesn't he meet his like Mrs. Clark his wife you know and yeah so there's a there's a Robin Hood made Marion kind of thing and Mm -hmm. there's there's just so much good stuff in it it's it's timeless you know you can read it anytime yes and he eventually fights and and this is a sport 
spoilers. So if, if you don't want to spoil the story, then, you know, turn this off for like the next, you know, 30 seconds. But in the story, he eventually fights Krampus. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's it's really interesting to say. At least. And I don't think they ever actually call it Krampus, but, you know, mm-hmm. That's who yeah. it is. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, I have a couple of honorable mentions real quick. One's an honorable mention. One is like, I read this, but I would not recommend it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so if you have any others as well, too, definitely chime in. But one that didn't make the list, but is definitely honorable mention is the uh, Fraction AHA um, Hawkeye trade paperback because it does take place around Christmas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, again, it's another one of those, like, it's a really well done story. Um, and there are some, uh, issues where, you know, it's definitely a Christmas holiday focus and, um, they just, it's, it's definitely centered around it. I wouldn't call it necessarily a holiday comic just because it has the holidays in it, but it's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's centered around that time. And so it's something that it's almost like what you were saying with, with Klaus is that, you can read at any time. It doesn't have to yeah. be like, you know, solely Christmas. It just happens to happen around the holiday season. But um, it, the story kind of, you know, spans a little bit longer than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one I would say that I read specifically for this episode and was kind of disappointed in is the Batman Catwoman holiday special issue. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I did read that one. Yeah. And I thought it was all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, I just... um you know, I, at first when I was reading it, I didn't realize like what was happening because I thought it was supposed to be like a special, like a, an issue that was a as a single story focus, and that's not what it was mm-hmm. at all. It was more of you know Batman Catwoman from like their very early childhood all the way through the dress and all that, and so every story was like you know, two pages and then it would go on to like another significant time period of their lives that happened around the holiday season. Um, So it kind of threw me off a little bit. And then when I figured out this is what was going on, this was a story. I'm like, okay, I, I'm, I can get behind that, I guess. I, I didn't like that mode of storytelling necessarily because I, I was confused for a while and wasn't really expecting that. And then I just didn't like how it ended um, with how Selena died. And so yeah. it was just, uh, because it was kind of like a circle of life type of thing, because what ended up happening was that she died the same way that Bruce's mother died and Bruce died before she did. Um, and so it was just kind of like a, I guess it was just kind of a depressing holiday story. It's a bummer. And I was like, yeah. You don't yeah. want that around Christmas time. Yeah. yeah you know, and, and they had some stories where they show, you know, very happy moments, but I just felt like, Tom King must have just had a really, you know, bad holiday experience or was going through a bad time in his life because none of this seemed like it was very holiday, you know, jollyness or anything, you know. So it's just it was one that I was really excited to read. And after I read it, I'm like, I'm okay if I, you know, didn't keep this copy anymore. Yeah. It's just not one I'm ever going to like really go back to and read again. So yeah. Yeah. So um well. We did have some people that threw in suggestions on what they enjoyed for um, comics that were sitting around the holidays. Um, one of them is coming from um, our Comic Watch team, uh, Shasha Kaplan, who um, originally she was going to be on this show. But like I said, um, you know, some things that came up and then we just decided that, you know, we would do something some other time. So she's going to come on the show to talk a little bit more about Jewish representation and comics in general. But she did share her three favorites um, holiday um, comics. 
strikes in. They are Batman, the Brave and the Bold, number 14, which, Matt, have you read that one before? Mm, I don't think so. Gotcha. <laughs> or if I have, I couldn't place it, yeah. Yeah, she said that it's an amazing story about helping others through the lens of a Jewish character in Ragman. It's a story about standing up for oneself and one's community with a small jab at Bruce Wayne. Okay. Um, which I will say that Batman, Catwoman, Holiday Special, that's how I learned that Bruce Wayne was actually Jewish because they had mentioned that in there, so... I, oh, didn't I didn't even know. know. Yeah, I, like I didn't know he was he was Jewish until I read that part, and I was just like, "Oh, that's interesting." I had no idea. I don't think I've ever read anything about his character being Jewish before. So, yeah. Um, she also mentioned Marvel Holiday Special uh, 2011, um, and so this is a different one. But she said it has a funny story about Ben Grimes trying to uh, get a Chinese food night on Christmas with all the other Jewish superheroes on Christmas. Ben's able to get the help of a uh, is able to help a group of orphan children for whom Christmas didn't come. It's a story about helping others as always, but it's also the only time this many Jewish superheroes have ever shared a panel together, probably the last um it huh. also proves her theory that all jewish superheroes to some degree know each other so okay yeah yeah so and if you don't know uh sasha um uh you know she's jewish and she's also um uh getting a i can't remember if, if uh if it's a master's or a, a doctorate but she's working on a jewish studies uh degree i believe and so wow yeah yeah definitely so um but this is really cool because i'm definitely going to put this on the list and, and read this as well um because i know they have talked about how there's just not a lot of jewish representation in comics and so this is mm-hmm. a really cool story to talk about not just jewish representation but also happening like around the holidays sure um and the fact that she said like this is the one of the few times that we see so many jewish superheroes in one panel is pretty impressive as well um and then the last one she had mentioned is DC Holiday Special uh, number nine. It's another great Ragman story that shows the history of Hanukkah. It also shows Ragman's views on life and also includes a convo with the rabbi. Uh, does Ragman know the rabbi is in Gotham? Probably. There aren't many known Jewish superheroes running around the DC universe as well. So nice. Yeah. So, um, so thank you to Sasha for sharing that. Uh, Lily, uh, also shared from Comic Watch that she loves Journey into Mystery number 632, which has Hellhound puppies and Volstag dressing up as Santa. Have you read that one, Matt? Uh, that one sounds familiar. Maybe, I, I want to say maybe I read that one a year or two ago around this time when I was looking for holiday books, but I can't, I can't remember much about it. Yeah. I, that I sounds ha- familiar. Yeah. I haven't read that one either, but I, I will say that I've heard people talk about Volstag dressing up as Santa. Um, in an issue, you know, one, because his characters very much looks and kind of acts like Santa as well. But I've heard sure, people yeah. <laughs> talking about there's an issue where he does. So I, I bet you this is the one that they're talking about. So, yeah. Um, and then Derbs from Comic Watch as well didn't really suggest a comic, but he said that one of his favorites is Batman Returns uh, movie oh. takes place in Christmas. <laughs> that doesn't get mentioned enough. I think uh, I think I made a video about that last year. I was like this, you know, in the discussion of. Christmas movies and especially yeah. like is Die Hard a Christmas movie or yes. not that kind of thing. <laughs> Batman Returns is always overlooked. That is absolutely mm-hmm. a Christmas movie for yeah. sure. Well, and and that's the thing. And I'm actually going to have an episode talking about you know is Die Hard a Christmas movie and all that. Um, but that's the thing I always point out is that if you say Die Hard is a Christmas movie, then you absolutely have to include movies like Batman Returns as a Christmas movie mm-hmm. because even though it's not a traditional Christmas movie. It's the, it's a Christmas movie in the same sense of Die Hard of that it takes place around Christmas. So definitely yeah. the logic has to be applied there as well. So, um, on Twitter, we had ODPH podcast said the Lobo paramilitary special, which have you read that one? <laughs> can, 
<laughs> no, but that sounds very Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I, I imagine that's very diehard like. <laughs> yeah. Right. Just by the name of it. Um, but what's funny is um, Brian O'Neill from Comic Book Yeti on Twitter also said that same comic book. And he said that it's the best holiday comic ever. He can't change his mind on this as well. Okay. So the fact that someone is willing to die on that hill tells me that this has got to be a really good comic issue. So I got to read this. I'll one. have to read that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then apparently ODPH has said that. Um, there's an issue called Hulk versus Santa, which I did not know about this. I don't know. I'm going to look on Marvel Unlimited. I know. It's, <laughs> yeah. I, it's always fun to find new like holiday there, there's you know, a, books. I know. There's a lot of them. Like I said, like I, I didn't think there was going to be a whole lot, but there is a lot that are out there that I'm like, I'm going to spend the whole season just reading these comics alone. So I don't see I don't see Hulk versus Santa on Marvel Unlimited. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a bummer. Because now I, I, I want to know who wins. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, and that's the same thing with the Marvel Holiday Special that you were talking about. I, that one's yeah. on there either. So, hopefully, they'll show up. But if not, you know, I'm sure somebody probably has it <laughs> uh, pirated on a website somewhere. So, yeah, you can probably you know eBay a physical copy or something. I'm sure there's some. There's got to be something out there. Yeah. Um, the last comic shop podcast said Mike Plugs P L O O G. Mm-hmm. Uh, adaptation of L. Frank Baum's uh, The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. And it has that one has a sword swing in St. Nicholas as well, too, apparently. <laughs> okay. Well, shoot. I, I want to check that out then. Like, yeah. Klaus has made me want to read anything about a badass Santa, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, I, you know, I, so L. Frank Baum is known for writing The Wizard of Oz, and I completely forgot that he wrote a book about um, Santa Claus. And so this would be really interesting to read this and, and see um, what that story is like, too. Um. Another one that had came up from a couple of people. Um, this comes from Instagram Metalcore Nerds. The Long Halloween. Okay. <laughs> Partly. I mean, not, it takes, not the it, whole book, but I think there's an issue that w- took place during Christmas, though. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, that that, that whole twelve issue series takes place over the course of a of an entire year. So mm-hmm. if it's a if it's a Christmas book, you could also say it's a Halloween book and a Valentine's book and a July Fourth book, because it, it you know the the whole thing is you know the holiday killer and they kill on the holidays, right? So right. that 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 story covers every hol- every major holiday, you know. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a great story. Like one of the best. Oh my gosh, I only read it for the first time a couple of years ago. I don't know why I was so late to the party, but <laughs> holy cow, such a great. Such it was, a great story. Yeah, it's a really good like, this detective story. And it almost yeah. reminds me of Mask of the Phantasm, the way like the mystery set up, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, Medical Nord said it's um, their favorite Bat book. Uh, they love the detective feel to it and has awesome twists yeah. throughout. Plus, it hits all the holidays and absolutely loves that about it. So, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So, though, thank you all for uh, making your, you know, uh, adding in your voice on what holiday comics you absolutely love. Um, if you are interested, I was just talking to Matt about this before we started recording, but um, we are actually going to have a Stream Lounge watch party where we're going to watch um, the Hawkeye series from Disney Plus on December 14th and the 21st at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you're interested in maybe coming in and watch the show and, and um, have a conversation with us about those episodes, I will put a link in the show notes as well. So um, so if you're interested, definitely check this out and uh, put that in the calendar. And I think Matt's going to try to uh, be a co-host for those episodes as well, too. Right? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm awesome. Give it a shot for sure. I'd love yeah. to be there. And I want to rewatch, rewatch 
all this stuff. I know. I mean, it's 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 now an instant, you know, holiday must watch. Yeah. Um, you know, series. It's from, in the holiday rotation for it sure. Is, yeah. Yes. I mean, <laughs> well, and especially with with the MCU, you know, we only have those two plus Iron Man three, and I think there's probably another one out there, but I can't remember what it is. Um, I mean, you know, the end of Spider-Man No Way Home, you know, was, was yeah. <laughs> he was swinging her above a big Christ- Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. So I know. I guess that's like the one movie you could say that, you know, on- there's only 10 seconds of Christmas in it and it's considered yeah. a holiday movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, so if you're interested, definitely, um, you know, check out the links in the show notes. It's going to be December 14th and 21st again at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And you will have to download the Stream Lounge app on your uh, laptop or desktop. They don't have mobile apps yet, unfortunately. But if you have a computer or laptop, uh, download the app and then you can join in the conversation. So, um at the end of every episode that we do, we like to talk about what comics we're currently reading. And so, Matt, I want to ask you, what are you currently reading? What's in your you know, reading pile right now? And what do you think about uh, what you're reading so far? Yeah. So, you know, obviously reading my weekly polls, you know, Amazing Spider-Man, Daredevil, Batman and Action Comics and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but outside of just the, the, the regular weekly stuff. Um, so with the release of Black Panther, Wakanda Forever and the introduction into the MCU of Riri Williams. Mm hmm. I realized, you know, I've never really read too much of, of Riri in the comics. I want to read some of her and, you know, just sort of get to know her a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So, but then, you know, I hadn't even read like her first appearance or anything. So I was like, I'm going to go back to her first appearance, which was in uh, Brian Michael Bendis' Invincible Iron Man. Oh, and yeah. I was like, well, that, that, that run isn't all that long. So I'm going to read that run. Mm-hmm. And then, so I read the whole thing, uh, was introduced to her. She wasn't in it that much. Um, but then I read, so then I wanted to keep going and I read the next volume next series of bendis's invincible iron man mm-hmm. which featured um riri williams in the role of iron man you know she adopted the Ironheart moniker but she she took she was in that role right because tony stark was supposedly in a he was supposedly dead or in a coma but he was her ai so i read all that but and, but then i started going down an iron man rabbit hole and i was like well you know, um, I haven't read the Dan Slott, Tony Stark Iron Man series. So I read that. <laughs> and then I was like, well, you know, I, I've bought every issue of the new, which actually just ended, but the new Christopher Cantwell Iron Man series yeah. from Marvel. Uh, I bought every issue, all the Alex Ross covers. They're b- beautiful. But I had never read any of them. Mm-hmm. So I was like, so I was like, well, I'm going to just kind of keep going. So actually just this morning, I finished the Iron Man 2020 storyline, which was the bridge between... Dan Slott's Iron Man and Christopher Cantwell's Iron Man. So now just today I read like the first two issues of Christopher Cantwell's Iron Man and I'm going to sail on through all 25 of those. And then the new series uh, is coming out. I think the first <laughs> issue comes out in December. Yeah. So long story short, I have been just going down an Iron Man rabbit hole. I was about to say since, <laughs> since Black Panther Wakanda forever came out. That's definitely like more of a stream of consciousness going on. Of I just finished this. Oh, I remember reading that character. Let me just go ahead and go read that. Yeah, oh, well, I'm real gosh. bad too about. Oh, if I want to read about a character, if I want to read a story, I'll find where to start, but then something will be mentioned. I'm like, well, wait a minute, what are they talking about? So then I have to. I feel like I have to go back a little bit more, mm-hmm. and I have to go back and back and back and back. And I've, I'm like, eventually, I've just got to stop and draw a line in the sand. Yeah. I can't keep going backwards because then I'll just wind up back in 1963 reading Iron Man number one, you know, so yeah. <laughs> um, which I have read several of those, you know, for my history of Marvel videos that I used to do. And mm-hmm. um, but yeah, just it's I've just been heavy on the Iron Man. And also the um, I read like the first five or six issues of the Rebirth era of Deathstroke. 
uh, oh, the wow. other night. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know why. I mean, I, I like Deathstroke, but I don't know what made me want to read those, but I just started reading those and it's, they're okay. You know, they're all right. I think it's the story still needs to cook a little bit, but, uh, right. been having fun with that too. So yeah, just, um, yeah, just, just randomness, you know, it's, it's fun to, it's fun to not be locked into reading your weekly polls and just being able to just read whatever, right. You know, you know, without being like, Oh, I, I want to read this, but I've got a stack of 20 books that I bought last week that I haven't touched. I really should go read those. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's, it's really fun to not be committed to anything. Just like, ah, I just, I, I feel like reading Iron, an Iron Man book from six years ago. I'm going to go do that. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. So it's, it's fun to have that freedom. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I will admit and say that my uh, current reading list is not as elaborate as yours. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, for Comic Watch, I am actually going to be reading a preview of Grifter Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. Yeah, that comes out on Tuesday. Yes, it does. So I, yeah. I, um, I have it in, um, I, I need to read it. I've been meaning to read it. And we've just been busy all weekend. So I'm probably going to try to. You get it in tonight. If not, um, read it tomorrow because I got to get the review in by Monday night <laughs> before yeah. it comes out officially. Um, but the other one I'm just started because I just wrapped up um, Batman Beyond and, and um, the latest issue of Dark Knights of Seal. So now oh. I'm actually uh, going to start uh, Superman Son of Kal-El, which yes. I read the first few issues and then got away from it because I was like, well, I'm going to wait until the series is done. And I didn't realize that they don't have an end issue plan so i'm like i all right i just gotta sit down and, and read all these issues that came out so far then i'll just keep you know reading the issues that gets released every month and all that so i'm gonna be starting that here pretty soon well actually it is ending so issue 18 which comes out oh, is it? Uh, very soon yeah it's it's oh, ending with okay. issue number 18 okay um they've released the first 17 so one, right. it's got one more and then it's done and then John Kent is actually getting his own miniseries uh, early next year with all this new Superman status quo stuff. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah. The Adventures of Superman featuring John Kent Superman. Right. Uh, I think it's a five or six issue miniseries. So yeah, there is a, uh, um, you know, I don't know if you'll if you'll be, you know, done with the first seventeen before the eighteenth issue comes out. But Why yeah, not? there's a there's a set eighteen <laughs> issues right there that yeah you can just dive into and, and read them all. Oh, perfect. Well, that's going to be perfect timing then. So yeah, I, I just remember when I first started collecting them. They said there wasn't an end um, issue in mind or set yet or anything mm-hmm. like that. So I was just kind of going off of that. So that's good to know that yeah. it's, it's actually <clears throat> wrapping up now. So this is a perfect time for me to start with that. So Yeah, I like that series a lot, too. I, I, I've yeah. been reading that. It's on my pull. It's like as, as they come out, I read them, and it's I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah, the, the first few issues I read, I absolutely enjoyed them. And, and like I said, I wanted to wait until – all of them came out because I just have a really bad memory of what did I read last <clears throat> month? Oh no, I'm with you for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why I like collective edition so much is because I can't remember from one week to the next, like, wait, what did I just read? And, I know. Uh, yeah. I think I, I read, um, uh, do a power bomb. Are you reading that? I have not yet. Or, no, was, I've heard oh, hearing great things, but I have not started reading that yet. Yeah. I, I, I caught up on it uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And as I started reading, I was like, wait a minute what are they talking about? And I had to go digging through my box to pull out the last issue and reread that one. Cause yeah. I couldn't remember. <laughs> so yeah, that's, I, that's why I prefer trades and collected editions because then you can just read it all at once. Yeah. It's like binge watching a TV show, you know I mean? And that's, that's way exactly more what it is. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what I've been kind of doing is I've been collecting these issues. And then when I know that the last issue is coming out soon, that's when I go back and, and start reading the issue. So that way I can read it back to back and, and have all that fresh in my mind as I'm reading them. So that way I don't forget about them in between months. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, some of our listeners have shared what they are reading. And uh, from Comic Watch, B-Rats has said, Superman Up, Up, and Away. Have you heard of this series? Um, uh, is that uh, the 
Tom King one? It's uh, Jeff Johns and Kurt Busiek. Kurt, yeah, Kurt Busiek. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I, I have not. I, I've heard the the red and blue one and some of the other ones, but this when he uh, he had shared this. Oh. I have, I honestly say I, I have not heard about this one yet. So yeah, so this is a it's a story. Uh, it's not really its own story. It's just part of. Mm-hmm. It was it was a story told in Action Comics and Superman, uh, okay. like a six issue thing. Uh, I haven't I, I'm familiar with it, but I haven't read that. No, gotcha. Okay. Well, they said that they're loving it. Uh, this is the arc where we see the upcoming Superman writers, Musiak and Johns, come aboard and set up a mission statement. It's in that era where we just finished Infinite Crisis, where everyone yeah. seems to get a return to the status quo. So. I don't know if you know my story or anything like that, but I just got back into comics like five years ago. So I'm trying to get mm-hmm. caught up on everything. So when people are talking about all these stories and arcs and, and things like that, I'm always thinking in my mind, that sounds great. I wish I knew anything about it. So, yeah. Well, yeah, that's why, I mean, I, you know, I've been reading for th- over 30 years and there's still stuff like yeah. I, just now. I was like, wait, I don't know that story. I had to Google it. And yeah. um, there's, there's just, nobody can know everything, right? There's just, so I wouldn't mm-hmm. feel bad or anything. Like there's just so much yeah. out there that nobody can know all of it. X-Men and Batman alone, I feel like will be an overwhelming process to try to get caught up on all those, let alone all yeah. the other comics are out there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, Again, from Comic Watch, uh, Miriam Herrera said Red Hood Outlaws. She's really enjoying okay. the depth and characters in the webtoon so far. Uh, so this is a webtoon series. Oh, uh, I've read a couple of those. and that, that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I have not read that one. But the one on webtoon I have read is I think it's called like The Bat Family or something like that. Batman Family. Yeah, I've read Batman a little bit Family of that Adventures. Too. That's it, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. and it's really good. I really like yeah, that it's one. Fun. Yeah, yeah. So I have to check out Red Hood Outlaws as well too. I didn't realize they they did a series for Red Hood. So uh, from our Discord channel, which if you are not part of our Discord, I'll put that in the links in the show notes as well too. We have a uh, Discord channel where a lot of fans just come and talk about the things that we love, which is you know comics, movies, you know any kind of fandoms and things like that. Um, from our Discord channel, we have Joe Loves Comics shared that he's reading Black Science Volume Three. Um, I don't know if you read if you read that one. Matt. I read the first couple issues okay. when they came out, but uh, yeah, I don't know much about it at all. Gotcha. He said he I've loved heard it. good things though. Yeah, yeah. He, he said he loved it. I think last week he said he was finishing up as well too. Um, Human Target Number Nine, he absolutely loved. Mm. And uh, Tim Drake and Robin number three, Vanish number three. He said that um, it's okay. He's not really feeling it. You can definitely see why some people are liking it um, more than him, though. Um, then he's definitely excited to check out Department of Truth number two, uh, 22. It was the furthest place from here, number eight, uh, which is interesting because uh, if you don't know Human Target or Department of Truth, I think both of those are DC Comics uh, stories. So Department of Truth is Image. Image, um, that's right. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. But Human Target is DC. That's right. Yeah. 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 And and I haven't read those, but just hearing people talk about them, they actually sound really interesting. And what I love about Human Target and DC Comics is that it sounds like it's a really well done uh, story that it involves some of the popular DC comics, but it's not centered around a well-known uh, character, if I remember correctly. So it sounds like it's a really cool story. If you want to read something from a, you know, a major publisher, but it's not the typical, you know, Batman, Superman story from DC Comics. So. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I, I think of it as, you know, it's another Tom King joint, you know, like, uh, like he did, he did the vision 12 issue series. He did, um, mm-hmm. uh, the one with, uh, Adam strange, strange, strange adventures, I think, yes, um, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and he did heroes in crisis, which that one's pretty divisive. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of iffy on that one, but yeah, he's, he does all these, you know, these, like these stories 
mm-hmm. that are, you know, these self-contained stories about characters that you wouldn't necessarily think would get their own story. And I haven't read, I read vision and loved it. Uh, heroes in crisis was okay. I haven't read strange adventures or this one yet, but, uh, right. I'll probably get this one when it's collected. Awesome. Yeah. And then uh, the last two from Twitter, Byron O'Neill of Comic Book Yeti said that he read an advanced copy of Joe Death and the Graven Image, and he says it's amazing. And okay. uh, Dan Comic Concierge said that uh, Neagle, Neagle, I don't know how to pronounce this, Neagle Yod, the God Network, uh, just finished this and loved it, a true epic science fiction adventure. That's one I haven't heard of before, but he posted some photos of some of the artwork, and the artwork looks really cool, so I just never heard of it. So I don't know. It's like any G A L Y O D. And I don't know if that's like the author or if that's the overarching like series or something like that. I'm not entirely sure, but the uh, subtitle is the God network. So, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Comic concierge. He's got a great TikTok channel because he, mm-hmm. like I said, you know, not everybody can know everything. He, have makes so many videos about comics I have never heard of before. Yes. And he always makes them sound interesting. So yeah, anything that he says is good. I'll, I'll try out for yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah he's, if, if you're looking for, you know, people to follow, to, you know, talk about, tic, uh, talk about comics, like his stuff is always good. And, and he doesn't do just comics. He'll also do, you know, pop culture commentary and things like that. I also mm-hmm. know he's like a huge, Wrestling and baseball fan, I think. Definitely baseball. Yeah. I don't know about wrestling. I might be confused. He, he talks a lot about wrestling. Yeah. Does I usually okay. don't watch those ones because I'm not a wrestling guy, but yeah, he's, Same here. he's in yeah. that for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, his channel has a little bit of something for everyone. And, and he's yeah. definitely very knowledgeable of a lot of the comic books that are out there. So, all right. Well, thank you very much, Matt, for joining the show. Before I let you go, uh, where can our listeners find you online if they want to follow you on uh, social media? Yeah, so it's, you know, it's the same everywhere. So Instagram or TikTok or Twitter are probably the three biggest. It's Bumpkins TV. So Bumpkins spelled like pumpkins, but with a B instead, Bumpkins mm-hmm. uh, TV, all one word. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, or, you know, I've got a link tree which with everything in there too. So um, I think I'm most active probably on TikTok because I just love talking about comic books. Like I could, I, I have a hard time shutting up. Like I can't even fit <laughs> the three minutes. Like I, you know, I, that little, that little circle goes around. I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's where I'm most active. I just, you know, same but, here. Uh, any of those platforms I talk about comics pretty much all the time. Right. Same here. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I'll make sure to put a link to your link tree in the show notes as well too. So once okay. again, thanks for coming on the show, especially at late yeah. notice. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun and absolutely. Uh, yeah. I hope we get to do this again sometime in the future. For sure. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm here anytime you, you'd like to chat. Yeah. Awesome. And that wraps up another episode of The Capsule Life. I hope you enjoyed listening and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. You can follow us on social media at Capsule Life. And if you like what we're doing, give us a shout out by tagging us in your post or send us a message. For more information about us and all of our previous episodes, visit thecapsulelife.com. 